It's Monday, May 22nd. I'm Trayvell Anderson. And I'm Juanita Tolliver, and this is What A Day, where we want to give a shout out to all the people out there with absolutely no opinion on Taylor Swift's new boyfriend. I have never heard it, never seen it, don't know it. Mm. Listen, we all know too much about her day in history. <laughs> and it's no shade. On today's show, Greece's conservative ruling party won big in national elections over the weekend. Plus, Republicans are losing it because Senator John Fetterman is redefining Capitol Hill fashion. Let this man live. If he wants to rock basketball shorts, let it be. But first... As Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky was preparing to sit down with G7 leaders in Hiroshima, Japan this weekend, Russian military officials were declaring victory and telling media outlets that their troops had captured Bakhmut, an eastern Ukrainian city, which is also considered a front line of Russia's invasion. Naturally, anything that Russia claims needs to be taken with a grain of salt and fact-checked. And this is no different, as there have been conflicting reports about what's actually happening on the ground with the Ukrainian officials saying that their troops still control a portion of the city as reinforcements move in to surround the perimeter and Russian officials claim they control it outright. But one thing we do know is that Bakhmut has been decimated by 15 months of constant battles, bombs, and heavy losses by Russian forces in particular. While in Japan, Zelensky compared the devastation to Hiroshima after the atomic bomb was dropped in 1945. And every bit of that symbolism is absolutely heartbreaking. Absolutely. And kind of horrible that he has to make that comparison, right, right. to convey the extent of devastation. So let's backtrack for a second. Why exactly was Zelensky in Japan in the first place? So as we've discussed on the show recently, Zelensky had been making the rounds through Europe, requesting more aid, more defense weapons, and support from NATO allies. And his trip to the G7 summit was a last-minute addition to that push. And let's be real, by showing up in person in Japan Face-to-face with other world leaders, Zelensky changed the entire G7 conversation and assured that the Russian invasion of Ukraine was front and center. His arrival shifted focus away from key summit agenda items, including threats of growing nuclear arsenals in China and North Korea, climate change, artificial intelligence, outreach to the developing world, and more. But considering the sustained invasion and violent attacks by Russia, Zelensky was right to be there to huddle with the leaders who have had his back since day one. Now, I don't know who was running Zelensky's schedule, keeping him booked and busy, but it was highly intentional. He had one-on-one meetings with President Biden, South Korean President Yoon, Canadian Prime Minister Trudeau, UK Prime Minister Sunak, Indian Prime Minister Modi, and others. But now that meeting with Modi was a first for Zelensky. And I'm sure it was a little bit awkward because India continues to this day to buy oil and arms from Russia. In addition to those individual meetings, Zelensky also engaged in a series of broader discussions with all of the summit attendees, as well as special guests, Australia and Indonesia. Essentially, Zelensky's message was as clear and consistent as everything he said up until this point. Ukraine needs more support with defense systems. On top of that, he is also beginning discussions about how best to rebuild Ukraine. So what commitments were actually made at the G7 summit? According to Reuters, hosting Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida said the group was committed to, quote, strong backing for Ukraine from every possible dimension. And President Biden said, quote, we have Ukraine's back and we're not going anywhere. 
During the summit, President Biden announced new military aid worth $375 million for Ukraine, saying the U.S. would provide ammunition and armored vehicles. And as Zelensky was flying into Japan, Biden announced that the U.S. agreed to allow training on American-made F-16 fighter jets, which is a huge update, considering that the U.S. had been resistant to that idea up until now. All of these commitments will undoubtedly be critical to Ukraine's continued fight against Russia's invasion. But I cannot discuss these new commitments without noting one hell of an accounting error by the Department of Defense, which they recently announced. According to the reports, the DOD accidentally miscalculated how much aid was being sent out to Ukraine by $3 billion. Yes, billion with a B. Wow. Now, I won't get into the nuance because it's complicated, but the financial word of the day, y'all, is valuation. Honestly, I'm glad the error was caught and fixed and that those funds are making their way to Zelensky and his people. But when I tell you I was gagged <laughs> by a multi-billion dollar accounting error, like what? Mm. Who exactly lost their job over this? Because this is wild. Listen, somebody getting fired, okay? Come on. Maybe a couple people <laughs> at this point, because that's huge. Wow. And speaking of world leaders and some of the things that they might be concerned about, a lot of folks are still keeping an eye on our saga here in the U.S. regarding the debt limit. As of this morning, we are about 10 days away from that June 1st deadline, at which point the government could default on its bills at any point, causing massive economic catastrophe. Now, I feel like Howie Mandel is standing at a podium with our elected officials, and every time a round of negotiations And he's like, deal or no deal. And they keep yelling out no deal with pride. Mm. Mind you, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy said he wanted to finalize a deal by the end of last week. And yet here we are. That said, negotiations restarted yesterday evening between the representatives of each side. And then today, Biden and McCarthy themselves will meet at the table. Man, that is one hell of a vision of silver briefcases being rejected one after Mm -hmm. another. Like, wow. Mm -hmm. But which details are they still debating over? So it appears that the crux of the talks at this stage are largely about the extent and duration of new restrictions on federal spending, which is exactly what we knew would be the holdup. And while Biden initially made it seem like his administration wasn't interested in any limits, over the weekend they reportedly offered a proposal that would have limited spending next year on both the military and a range of critical domestic programs. And guess what the Republicans said? They said no deal. They said nah, no thank you. Are we shocked? Are you shocked? I'm not shocked, Bueller. We're <laughs> Bueller. We're not shocked, <laughs> but it is still enraging nonetheless. Republicans are pushing instead for higher defense spending and more significant domestic spending cuts. But after everybody went back to their corners for a day or so, as I mentioned, they're back at the negotiating table trying to work on a proposal. But again, spending will be the main factor. GOP negotiator Representative Garrett Graves said, quote, a red line is spending less money. And unless and until we're there, the rest of it is really irrelevant. And he's saying that as President Biden is saying this. Now it's time for the other side to move from their extreme positions because much of what they've already proposed is simply, uh, quite frankly, unacceptable. I will note here that, you know, everyone seems to be on the same page about the urgency of the moment. Now, one might think that that would mean we would have had a deal by now considering, but 
what do we know? Apparently, not enough. Not uh, to get our hopes up. <laughs> <laughs> that part, okay? <laughs> More updates on all of this is surely to come, but that's the latest right now. Let's get to some headlines. Headlines. Greece's ruling conservative party has taken a resounding lead in that country's national elections. According to early exit polls, the New Democracy Party, led by Greek Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis, is ahead of its left-wing rival party by 20%, but has fallen just five seats short of capturing an outright majority. So for now, Mitsotakis's party must either find a party to team up with or hold a second election, which they've signaled is what they want to do. That election could happen in late June or early July. And to give you some background about who we're dealing with here, Mitsotakis recently admitted to spying on a political rival and has severely limited press freedoms in Greece. But European leaders are apparently willing to endorse him anyway because his government has hardened its stance on the ongoing migrant crisis, to the point where Greece has been accused of illegally expelling or even abandoning stranded migrants at sea. And staying with so-called border security, the mother of an eight-year-old girl who died in U.S. Border Patrol custody last week says agents ignored her pleas to take her daughter to the hospital. Mabel Alvarez-Benedicts said that her daughter was so sick with the flu that she struggled to breathe and walk. And even though agents knew the girl had sickle cell anemia and a history of heart problems, they didn't think she needed more urgent medical care. In a phone interview with the Associated Press, she said, quote, they killed my daughter because she was nearly a day and a half without being able to breathe. She cried and begged for her life and they ignored her. They didn't do anything for her. The girl was being held with her family at the CBP station in Harringen, Texas, and died on what would have been the family's ninth day in Border Patrol custody. Under agency policy, people should not be held for more than 72 hours. The young girl's death comes just a week after an unaccompanied 17-year-old boy from Honduras died in Florida at a shelter run by the Department of Health and Human Services. And these types of issues are explicitly the concerns that we've been discussing on the show for weeks now. This should not be happening. No children should be dying or denied medical care. Like, that's basically like demonstrating how inhumane these practices or these facilities are treating individuals who are migrating. Absolutely. The NAACP issued a travel advisory for Florida on Saturday, warning all folks from historically marginalized groups to reconsider traveling to the Sunshine State. In a statement, the group says Florida has become, quote, hostile to black Americans, people of color and LGBTQ plus individuals. The advisory specifically cites the wave of troubling legislation pushed by Governor Ron DeSantis, including the bill signed last week defunding diversity, equity and inclusion programs at public universities, as well as an earlier move blocking the AP African-American Studies course from being taught in public schools. NAACP president and CEO Derek Johnson accused DeSantis of putting politics over people and trying to appeal to a, quote, dangerous extremist minority. DeSantis is expected to announce his 2024 presidential campaign in the coming days. Republicans have continued their long-standing tradition of being scandalized by, you guessed it, 
basketball shorts. <laughs> this comes after Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman appeared in casual dress for a press conference last Thursday in which he, alongside the besuited senators Bernie Sanders and Ed Markey, urged President Biden to invoke the 14th Amendment to raise the debt ceiling. Fetterman has caught some heat over the past few days for his sartorial choice to show up in basketball shorts and a hoodie. According to the Associated Press, while Fetterman's staff initially asked the senator to don the expected suit and tie for work since his return from six weeks of treatment for clinical depression and lingering complications from his 2022 stroke, he's opted for comfier clothes instead. And Fetterman has reportedly been cleared by the Senate parliamentarian to wear casual clothing as long as he doesn't actually set foot on the Senate floor. As for his peers, it's a return to form emblematic of recovery. Vermont Senator Peter Welch, who went through the Senate orientation with Fetterman, said, quote, he's setting a new dress code. He was struggling and now he's a joyful person to be around. OK, let this man live in hoodies and basketball shorts and literally Republicans just mind your business. Literally mind your business while you're, you know, focused on stealing our rights and <laughs> basic access to health care and, you know, all those things. Why are you talking about this man's shorts? You got plenty of criminals that you can be worried about on your own side, but alas. Right. They're always minding business that they shouldn't. He's got permission. It should be fine. Why are we even talking about it? Calm down, people. And finally, here's an example of what solidarity sounds like. You want to be successful, you're going to have to figure out how to get along with everyone. And that includes difficult people. I love that song. Right? It's a great song, right? <laughs> Wonderful song. You just heard Boston University's Class of 2023 yesterday booing this year's commencement speaker, Warner Brothers Discovery CEO, David Zaslav. He was apparently invited to give some inspiring words to his alma mater before the Hollywood writer's strike kicked off earlier this month. His company is part of the consortium of major studios that the writers' union is striking against. Zaslav spoke for about 20 minutes and was heckled almost the entire time and didn't mention the strike once. But before you feel bad for a guy facing a tough crowd, consider this. According to the Writers Guild of America, Zaslav made $246 million in 2021. Plenty of money. He can deal with a little bit of heckling. It's totally fine. And this is one of those times where I will applaud mass holes for being mass holes and doing what is right. Like, go off. I love to see it. But also... Boston University administrators, have you not heard of canceling someone? Have you not heard of rescheduling yeah. a speech? Because this timing, not it. Absolutely not. And those are the headlines. We'll be back after some ads to remind you why it's still not safe to go in the water, period. Yikes. What a Day is brought to you by Viore. Viore's performance wear clothes are designed to look great no matter what you're doing, both in and out of the gym. And they might be the most comfortable pants I've ever worn in my life. Buttery soft. Yes. So soft. Yes. I have on one of their cropped sweaters and it's a staple now. I don't think I'll be taking it off until next week, but don't judge me. (laughs) I won't judge you. And don't judge me for not working out, but wearing comfortable workout clothes. That is, I feel like required. That's part of the beauty of Viore on the couch, in the gym. It still works. I look like I work out and like I dress cute when I work out. But in fact, I don't do either. And this is just me dressing normally. 
and comfortably. That's the flex, though, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. So for our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash wad. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash wad. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash wad and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. and offers their 30-day alive and thrive guarantee, along with free plant consultation forever. Okay, so this weekend we started planting in our backyard. Mm-hmm. And we're doing some wildflowers. We're also doing some trees we bought from Fast Growing Trees. I would love to tell you what kind of trees they are, but I have already forgotten as soon as I bought them. However... They look great, and I'm very excited to have a backyard that makes it look like I know what I'm doing. Listen, I love fast-growing trees because these plants that I have now bought over the last couple years of them supporting this show, I would like to report they are still alive, okay? And so I officially have a green thumb thanks to fast-growing trees. That is very (laughs) impressive. To keep them alive that long is very, very impressive. Right now, Fast Growing Trees, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. We're big fans of therapy on here, on the show. We absolutely are. Yeah. We absolutely are because, listen, you're going to need it, okay, to mm-hmm. get through this year ahead of us. And so why not check out BetterHelp to give you the the necessary coping tools, you know what I mean, just to be able to keep on keeping on, mm-hmm. all right? Mm-hmm. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash WAD today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash WAD. It's Monday Wad Squad, and for today's Temp Check, we're talking about killer whales and the boats that have ticked them off. In the past month, orcas off the coast of Portugal and Spain have tactically targeted and sunk two separate watercraft, including one yacht and one sailboat. According to eyewitnesses, the killer whales have worked in coordinated groups, slamming into the boat's rudders and sides. The orcas have even been observed teaching their young how to target the ships, demonstrating their slamming until the younger ones begin to imitate. This boat targeting behavior is relatively new for the marine animals, only cropping up within the last few years. Scientists speculate that sometime around 2020, a traumatic encounter with commercial fishers may have triggered a change in behavior in an orca they know as White Gladys, who then demonstrated it to the rest of the population. Killer whales are a playful species, subject to what marine biologists call fads, or behavior initiated by one or two individuals and temporarily 
barely mimicked by others until it's abandoned. So as far as we know, boat hunting might just be their fidget spinner. While they've clocked over 500 aggressive interactions between the killer whales and boats since 2020, only three have led to sunken ships with zero human casualties. So Juanita, I ask you, orcas versus European sailboats, who you got? You already know, orcas all day, every day, especially <laughs> if this behavior is coming from a traumatic experience. Like, mm-hmm. let's be real, commercial fishers oftentimes violate rules related to their industry and protections for this environment. So these big old fish, aka mammals, <laughs> have every right to defend their their space, their territory. But I, I feel like our producer Raven hit the nail on the head when they said that even predators like great white sharks know not to challenge orcas because orcas stand their ground and hand their business you know i just have one question really and that's why gladys gotta be white who came up with that did they not think through you know maybe it's some sort of scientific situation or whatever but that's what stuck out to me i'm calling bs on that because if you look at a killer whale it's 99 black ain't it i mean so shall we call out the erasure here gladys (laughs) i wish i want gladys to weigh in on this gladys tell us girl Yes, Gladys, call into the show. (laughs) 1-800-WHAT-A-DAY. And just like that, we've checked our temps. They're a little whale-ish, perhaps. I like it. That's all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, make your peace with the orcas, and tell your friends to listen. And if you're into reading and not just David Zosloff's salary history like me, What a Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Juanita Tolliver. I'm Trayvell Anderson. And, and pay, pay your, your writers. writers, period. Also, how he get up on that stage and talk for probably 15, 20 minutes and not mention the strike? The disrespect. He knows what he's doing. Exactly. He knows what he's doing. With his $240 million a year. Yeah, he know exactly what he's doing. Just give me a couple dollars. <laughs> Wait, you asking him for money? <laughs> I mean, I will ask anybody for money. I'm open. Okay. You know? <laughs> What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Bill Lance. Our show's producer is Itzi Quintanilla, and Raven Yamamoto is our associate producer. We had production assistance this week from Fiona Pestana. Jossie Kaufman is our head writer, and our senior producer is Lita Martinez. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made in Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made in. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made in Cookware. Shop chef-quality pots and pans at madeincookware.com. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokers Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC.